Get the full bonfire experience on your screen. YouTube.com slash bonfire sports. Thumbs up, subscribe. You'll know when we're live. Enjoy the games. get it going labor day classic we are jacked up to bring you pre-game coverage ahead of the annual clash here in regina blue bombers rough riders to my virtual right from parts unknown chris walby joins the program pluto you excited for this game this great weekend that is canadian football at its finest well, let's start off with this, Darren. I'm excited we finally got this stupid phone to work. I'm using, uh, we're, I'm, yeah. see, I'm, I'm, at, I'm at the lake, and it's an older phone, and, uh, boy, I'm trying to change links and change things. But I mean, it just shows how much time and effort we're putting into this bonfire sports ahead of this great clash that's going to happen tomorrow. And, yeah, you're right, I'm excited. I mean, uh, as a guy that played in a lot of them, uh, I just enjoy the heck out of it. And uh, I don't care if they were both 0 and 10 right now. Just the clash of the Prairie Rivals makes it exciting. Well, it's game day. We're here live in Regina. Chris Walby joining us from Parts Unknown. I don't know if you notice out there, but Bonfire Sports in this pregame show, it's it's like my initials because Chris Walby, in his glory, camera mirrored. So we got a D and a B, but uh, we won't let that stop us. Uh, you want to share where you're you're joining us from, Chris? I'm hanging out Actually, outside here. Beautiful summer day in in uh, in Regina. Where are you? You see the water right behind me. I'm at the cabin right now. I got all my boys uh, here today. So it's probably the last long weekend. We're having great weather. So uh, yeah, I got my one son in for trial. The other boys are here. So I was a little, and they're all excited. And two of them are retrievers. So I thought they were going to knock over the table here because I've, I've got this fancy setup here. I think it's about a 25 cent setup here, just trying to get this thing going. And God bless you, DB. Forgive me all this stuff with the. Uh, the stand and the microphone, because otherwise I don't know how we're going to do it, but uh, we're getting it done, buddy. No, appreciate you uh, joining us from, from the cabin, Chris. Uh, it's an important game. People want to hear your insight uh, and analysis uh, on these two teams. And then maybe we'll dig into some good stories from Labor Day classics gone by before we get into it all you know there, there's lots of injury information to dig through today key matchups um you know the the riders offensive line and cody fajardo the defense garrett marino all of that craziness uh, that has a little anxiety and angst rolling through bomber nation right now chris before we do that when you think about labor day and you think about those pilgrimages west to Regina through your nearly two decades in the Canadian Football League with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, what comes to mind first? The fact we always had to take a bus. And these guys, they're treated like royalty now. They charter a plane. I was talking to the team physician yesterday, uh, and uh, you know, he was just talking about how it's so nice. You get up in the morning, you fly there. They come right back after the game, so they get to sleep in their own beds after. Uh, but it's just a classic. I mean, for me, I mean, the memories of hanging out with guys like Roger Aldeg and Bob Poley, a couple of Hall of Famers on the O-line. Because the O-line, it doesn't matter what city you play in, whether it be Sacramento or you're in Regina or Birmingham, the O-line always are tight. They hang together. It's a brotherhood. Uh, and then, of course, playing guys like, you know, Vince Goldsmith, Bobby Jay, Bobby Jerison. Uh, yeah, and the crowd. The, I always say this. I said, Winnipeg has great fans. I mean, they really do have great fans. But Saskatchewan, for some reason, I don't know if they're just all over the all over the world. But when I was doing CBC, it was always a patch of green in every stadium, uh, and they're just crazy. They, they're they're that's their big team, that's their big sports team in uh, in uh, in Saskatchewan, and they support them well. Well, here, here's the thing, Chris. It's it's about football. Labor Day is about the game, but there's so much more to that. You know, like I went out last night in Regina, took in uh, a little bit of the energy and um, culture that is here uh, in Regina with, uh, you know, lots of rider fans and bomber fans that have arrived early. Lots of talk and chatter and excitement about the weekend and the game. When you were a player, did you guys ever get into shenanigans before the game in Regina? 
You know what? I, to be quite honest, there's a couple of us, and it's usually the old line again. I can't, I can't talk about other positions. But, yeah, we'd go out for dinner, and we'd have a couple cold ones. It was a different time back then. I mean, uh, you know, we knew we had to be smart. We didn't get stupid. We didn't get, you know, like pound uh, excessive uh, alcohol or anything. But we had a couple at the meal and just kind of relaxed. It was a way for us to tone down. And then we went back, and you always had meetings at night. And then, you know, basically it's curfew. You get into bed, and you get you, you don't sleep because you're just basically so antsy to play the game. But, uh, like, I'm even antsy thinking about it. Last night I was at the cabin. I'm still at the cabin. And uh, it's funny. I, I Sometimes I think I'm still playing, and I'm late for the plane, or I'm late for the bus. And really? it just I, I, I guess it's just weird memories in my head. They go back in the Rolodex, and, uh, you know, I panic, and you wait up and you go oh god no you're old retired man <laughs> don't even worry about that just go to go to the bathroom do your old man thing so i mean yeah that's uh it's a good thing labor day classic is like i said it's it's and i know that a lot of guys even on the panel yesterday listening to them they always say it's the start of the new season it's where the real season begins well that's not right but i mean when you see what ottawa did yesterday to montreal and the east and how tight the east is and of course the west with Saskatchewan coming after a big, they had a big win last week in BC. Um, Cody Fajardo had a heck of a game. I mean, he's dangerous, man. And that's what I love it. Uh, like I said, I, I know I said that I wouldn't care if these guys are zero and 10, but the fact is, uh, you know, Saskatchewan six and five bombers, 10 and one, uh, it is a, it is, a, it is just going to be a great matchup. And, uh, Saskatchewan is, don't look at the record, man. They got a good team. No question. No question they have a good team. Like, just looking at their depth chart right now, Chris, uh, it's littered with talent. I think there's so much on the defensive side. You talk about defensive lines like Robertson, A.C. Leonard, Zach Marino, uh, Charleston Hughes able to rotate in uh, to get pressure, you know, and, and be fresh as, you know, a guy that's been in the league for seemingly yeah, yeah. forever. There's a linebacking core in Saskatchewan, Chris, that's off the charts. Larry Dean at weak side, Darnell Sankey in the middle. And for my money, I talked a little bit about this on our oh, yeah. Yeah. road trip podcast that uh, Ted Wyman of the Winnipeg Sun, Jeff Hamilton of the Winnipeg Free Press, and myself did just kind of cruising through uh, rural Saskatchewan. Say, hey, let's let's put up a little pod. You can find that on, on YouTube and the podcast channels. I talked about this man because he is so good impactful in so yep. many different ways on the defense and that's number 42 you watch for him on sunday Derek Moncrief. Yeah. yeah he's uh like i mean he's got four interceptions all over that linebacking crew and i'll give you a you know we talk about our linebacking crew it's been decimated a little bit with Kyrie wilson out uh adam big hill i don't i i don't know the status because of course i'm at the lake so i'm, gonna, I'm sure you're gonna fill me in on that with well, biggie and, and now malik clements well, Malik Clements, too, exactly. But uh, you look at those guys, like uh, Daryl Sankey, uh, Darnell Sankey led the league in tackles last year with Calgary. He comes to Saskatchewan, middle linebacker. He's the one that put that just tremendous hit on Michael O'Connor and knocked hit the BC quarterback out. Then you got uh, Larry Dean, who is Mr. Everything. And you talk about that that group of linebackers, the way they are right now, I don't think there's a better trio, trio right now in the CFL than these three right now. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. Uh, maybe a good thing that the Blue Bombers' offensive line and, and maybe just the, the run game in particular going as well as it is. Still no Greg Ellingston for the Blue Bombers, of course, uh, you know, in the midst of a, a stint on the sixth game. What did you see from Greg McRae in Winnipeg's last game, Chris? He was impressive, impressive player, you know, diminutive. Man, he can sure get separation and, and give Claris a nice weapon. Well, that's the thing. He's got good speed. He, he has a breakaway speed, which means he can break away from the coverage. And he's got great hands. Like, I mean, that's the biggest thing he always – but you always think he must always have good hands because he's a returner. So most returners have good hands. But, you know, it's one thing to just return the ball. It's another to be a receiver. We have to understand where to run the routes. Is it a zone coverage? Do I run through the zone? Is it man? Do I break it off? Is a quarterback in trouble? Do I come back to the ball? There's so many things or nuances that a receiver has to, has to you know, understand and employ during the game. I was very impressed with Greg. It, uh, I think they were. I don't think they're ever going to say they're surprised because they bring them in because they know they got talent. But I was I was really impressed with God, Greg McCray. I think he's a he's a guy that could do some real serious things. And of course, getting. A, I don't want to. I think Greg is great, but I, the guy that I want to see, and I know he's going to have a big game because he had his biggest game last week against Calgary, is Nick Dembski. Going back to you know the team that drafted him, uh, Nick Dembski is just. I said this from the beginning. He's he is just a game breaker. 
uh, X-Factor type guy, comes up with big plays whenever they need a big play. Uh, Gotta love the home homeboy right there, the homegrown guy. No, no question. Dembski, uh, for my dollar, Chris, is one of those players that has really evolved his game throughout his CFL career. Obviously, a first-round pick of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders out of the University of Manitoba. I don't know if you agree with me with this, Chris, but when I think about Nick Dembski and, and, and see what we've seen from him this year and, and what we've heard from him this year, as well as the coaches and the coordinators talking about his leadership uh, and, and, you know, he's kind of opening up a new um, chapter, if you will, in his playing career where he is bringing guys along, being that leader, no longer is Nick Dembski, the young guy from Oak Park. He is yeah. now, uh, you know, the go-to Canadian guy on this Winnipeg Blue Bombers team. I see him effectively being the new Andrew Harris. Of course, I'm not comparing those two guys, other than both being Winnipeggers from Oak Park. And of course, yes, yeah. there's Brady Oliveira as well. But Nick Dembski has put more on his shoulders. He has wanted that responsibility and role on the team to increase. And I think it's a great thing. I think people should recognize that Nick Dembski is a true talent, not just on the football field, but professionally how he carries himself and how he yeah. mentors and yeah. leads off the field. Well, it's interesting you say that because that's what happens when a guy develops the proper way. First off, they have an incredible culture in the Bombers, uh, you know, the whole place, the locker room, uh, you know, that F-U, F-Off, you know, that one is uh, fit in or F-Off, you know, FIFO. I mean, that's the philosophy. Yeah, but the, the nice thing I like, yeah, exactly. But the thing I like about it is you see a guy develop like Nick Dembski, who very quiet, and I love when guys come in, they don't trash talk, they learn from the vets, and then gradually as they get more respect and they start performing more and more in the field, they become a voice. And now Nick Dembski's that. He's a voice in the locker room. He's respected. Because you just can't come in first year and start fucking, you know, barking at they do because it's not going to work. And you're going to lose a lot of respect. And I've, I've seen guys, guys in the locker room come in. They may be just out of the NFL and they think they're coming up here for a cup of tea. And, you know, this is a garbage league and they come in here and they get, they get straightened out real quick. Well, as they should, right? Like, it's not like the Blue Bombers are in the phase of Ottawa or in the phase of Edmonton where they're trying to figure it out. This team oh, is locked in from top to bottom. You know, I had somebody right. in the Blue Bombers organization tell me during training camp this year, that they know exactly what they're doing every single day from day one of rookie camp and physicals all the way through to the playoffs and, and wherever that leads them. They yeah. know what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. It's a schedule. It's a plan. It's all there in place. So you can't imagine a guy coming here and being like, well, I'm going to you know, create my own little click in the locker room. No, you got Big Hill, you got Polaris. And you got all the rest of the cast of characters that are the leadership on this team. For my dollar, I think you'd agree with me, Chris, everybody out there. That Mike O'Shea mentality has proven to be an extremely, extremely historically effective mentality for a football team. Did you ever have anything like that in the, in the room where it was the players governed and, and the coaches just kind of coached? Yeah, a couple times. Time. I bit. He was Iron Fist time. Irishman, he was doing. Um, he didn't like what schedules up, for instance. He would never like you to know that uh, you got you're going to get a week off here because he thought, he thought players would off and they wouldn't understand. Uh, you know, and, and O'Shea does the exact opposite. As you say, he posts this, which you're going to be off for three days. players different too. That's the biggest guy. From when I played to now, you can see players taking care of himself. Mind you, having said that, I was watching Pat Newfeld and Michael Couture at La Burger Week. <laughs> yes. Was it Nicolinas? They put the work in. Yes. But that, if these guys had a Wobby Burger, it would last like six seconds with these guys. Well, like They look like sliders in those hands, right? Like just. Oh, I love it when they. Uh, that's to me. I, I always just laugh when the old line because I mean, I still remember when they used to say, uh, you know, the old line are just fat, slow guys, and you just put them on the line and block. And now they realize it's, they're they're highly skilled individuals and, and very intelligent. Probably the second most intelligent. Uh, I always say that because the quarterbacks have to know so much. 
But the O-line has to know how to block everything three, four different ways because, you know, the D-line can shift every play. They can move all over where you're stuck and, you know, stationary with your, your three-point stance or a two-point if you got your, your hands on your knees. So, I mean, you have to know and you have to verbalize. You have to understand, bang, uh, you know, I got to take this guy. Oh, not him. Now I got a double block. Oh, you know what? I got him. I got to kick out. So, I mean, it's just these are things that I think uh, make me proud that I'm part of that alumni of O-lineman. Not just a football, but of, of the old lineman. Okay, so while we're on that, the Blue Bombers offensive line, let's not uh, look past the 900-pound gorilla in the room, and I mean no pun intended uh, by that. Uh, Garrett Marino on the uh, interior of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders defensive line. He has made ripples and rifts through the league on multiple occasions this year, Chris, on the field, most definitely off the field and how he's chosen to handle himself and speak about, uh, you know, the, the, the unfortunate injury and BS, unfortunate injury to Jeremiah Masoli and, and BS reaction and play and all the rest. Can, can I just get Chris Walby's take on Garrett Marino, the way he plays and the way he, I don't know, seems to be shameless in celebrating when there's players down on the field injured. Well, that's a big I mean, I don't mind a guy. I like a guy that, you know, plays to the whistle, but he, he takes it one step further. I think he got, you know, smeared pretty good and deservedly so when he, uh, you know, said he would, he had apologized to Mazzoli and we know he didn't reach out to Mazzoli, uh, Jeremiah. Um, and that was all just contrite. He just put that in the paper to kind of take some of the pressure off of him. And he, and he takes, he takes penalty. This is a guy that only has one sack. Now, Kenny, is he an effective player? You, you, you saw our whole line. Our whole line spoke highly of him. They say he's very competitive. And you know what? Because they don't want to put camp, you know, no fodder on the billboard, right? You're not going to dog the guy. But I don't have to play against the guy. And I'll tell you right now, uh, for my money, I mean, they should be talking more about Pete Robertson and Anthony Lanier, who I don't know if he's even playing. I think he has a head injury. He might be out. And that guy has seven sacks. Um, So, I mean, and then you got Charleston Hughes, who's been around the league for a lot. I mean, uh, you know, three-fourths fumble. Uh, A.C. Leonard is always, always a good football player. Uh, and I know that, he, you know, this, um, you know, this uh, Marino got upset because he wasn't listed as a starter. Uh, he didn't like the fact that it came out. And, and, and nobody should look at that list anyway. You know, it's, it's just garbage. Because, you know, they what Here's the thing. He, he's not listed as a starter. Yeah. Snap number two in the game. He's, he's on the field yeah. pretty much the rest of the game. But Saskatchewan has issues. And I I, I I hope, uh, you know, that Craig is okay. I know he was suffering from COVID symptoms. They said he was going to be back today, uh, projected he'd be back today. Yeah. Uh, we'll see if he is. I know Jason Moss was uh, thinking who he doesn't know who's going to be calling the offensive players. I know they had a special team guy was talking about he was doing some stuff running practice. But uh, this is a team that's dead last. They've taken almost 1,000 yards in penalties. Uh, just it hurts your team. I mean, we had a year where we had so many penalties that Cal started finding us. Now, you couldn't do it now because the player associate would stick up for you. But uh, but the fact is, the only, guy, the only way he thought that he could get through to some people was through his, through their wallet. And, boy, it did change. You start getting hit 25 or $50 fines for taking a stupid Bottom penalty. Line. You know, line. It, it comes out of your pocket, man. You're taking, you know, you maybe needs new shoes. So, yeah, it's pretty <laughs> crazy. But, yeah, I, I, listen, anyway, to sum up, Garrett, I think he's a good football player. But I think he takes things to the extreme. He's not a – I don't know why he's acting the way he's acting. He's acting like a spoiled child, doesn't get the best present at Christmas. I think he just needs to play for else the way it happens. But if this team starts taking penalties tomorrow and extends drives for the Bombers, it's going to be an ugly game for them. This is uh, – last thing on, on Marino because, you know, as, as much as he is a spoiled all of that, you know, should we waste our time talking about a guy like him? Um, th- that's kind of the way I think about it. But this is what I've heard so many Bombers fans say and, and ask, and even media, you know, over a cold one on a, you know, a late Regina night. Would Mike O'Shea still have Garrett Marino on his football team? Good question. Very good question. I don't know. I guess the only way you could answer that is how Garrett Marino is inside the locker room. 
That's the big key. If he's just a, you know, a horse's ass. Well, yeah, if he's just a horse's ass to other teams, well, then, you know, the players aren't going to get crazy about it. But if he's an asshole or a, a horse's butt, butt in do you, do you want a, the locker room. Do you want a teammate? Do you want a teammate that is, like, pumping, you know, throwing his hands up to the crowd and, and celebrating and, and, you know, peacocking around when a quarterback is down on the field and getting carted off and his season's done? That's the type of guy this guy is. You want to be a yeah, teammate with a guy? Yeah, like that? yeah. Well, you can be a good I mean, football player, but come on, it's not I, like you got No, no. I will, I will say, I, I will say this in his defense, and I don't like to defend the man, but I think sometimes emotions get carried away, and maybe he didn't realize. Like I don't, if he was doing that celebration as the guy was getting actually carted off, uh, I'd be very upset. If he just reacted to the sack and you know. I was just getting exuberant and just doing his thing. No, he was well, walking off the field. He was behind the sidelines, walking off the uh, field. Well, going then, like he, the well then he got ejected. He need, well, he needs an Angela Mosca head slap. That's what he needs. That'll straighten that young yeah. man out. Well, Michael Couture was practicing for the Blue Bombers, of course, uh, has been on the sixth game with a broken arm, uh, has a cast on at practice. He's hitting. They, You know, obviously the padded practices are only 12 per year, but following yeah. practice – um, Michael Couture chose to put the pads on and, and work with uh, one of the new linebackers added to the Blue Bombers practice roster. They were smacking, they were hitting, uh, they were, you know, uh, doing hard snap counts and, and that sort of thing and, and getting Michael Couture ready, but he is not in the lineup. It'll once again be Chris Kolonkowski at center on the Blue Bombers offensive line going up against, I think you'd agree with me, Chris, we talked about it earlier, maybe the best front seven in the league in the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Um, we talked about Cody Fajardo, but I want to talk about Zach Kolaris and, and what you're seeing from him. He has yeah. had those multi-interception games. I don't think there's too much, you know, reason for concern with Zach no. Kolaris, but now he's going up against uh, a defensive front and a talented back end like, like Moncrief, Sankey, Dean. In addition to that D-line, you know, some, some good players on the back end, Mike Edom at safety, uh, Nick Marshall at corner. Uh and, and not being with your full complement of, of receivers, right? Yeah. Do you see the biggest matchup in this game? I think it's Winnipeg's offense versus Saf's defense. It's going to be oh, up absolutely. to absolutely. To make happen, his, that pocket's going to collapse on Sunday. Well, that's the thing. I mean, when you look at it, and, and uh, Shivers, the defensive coordinator, loves to bring his secondary up. He loves a lot of safety blitzes. Mike Edom yeah. has two sacks. You got uh, uh, Roland Mulligan, a halfback. He comes up. He's got a couple sacks. These guys get after it. Uh, yeah, you're talking about Pete Robertson, who's tied for the league league with eight sacks. AC Leonard's got three, but he's got like, uh, I think he's got four forced fumbles, or three forced fumbles, or something like that. So these guys really get at it. Um, yeah, it's going to be tough. Uh, I think it'll be a game where Brady Oliveira, whoever's in there, it'll probably be Brady or Johnny if he gets his, uh, you know, a bit. They're going to have to really work well with that offense to pick up where that blitz is coming from. Yeah. Actually, it's not going to bring just four. They're going to bring six. They're going to bring seven. And they're going to try and rush and get into the face and the rhythm of Zach Kalara. So uh, it'll be really interesting. That's why it's a great matchup. Uh, then conversely, you look at, I see you're putting up Saskatchewan's depth chart. Pajardo had his best game after really he got benched the game be prior. Last, then he goes, he throws for 300 yards last week against BC, two touchdowns. No interceptions, but the biggest thing that Cody Fajardo did last week was he utilized his legs. He ran six times for like 38 or 39 yards, and when he starts doing that, he is a two-dimensional player. And if you keep Cody in the pocket, I mean, he still got sacked seven times last week. Most in the league. I mean, Edmonton is next last with 32. They're just getting beat uh, badly. So if Cody can't move, it's over. But you know what? I think Saskatchewan fans are seeing the old Cody, uh, the way he ran it around the NBC. He says he feels good. Uh, his wife's in town. They're expecting their first one. So, uh, you know, he's excited to play and put on a performance for the fans. So there's something about that, uh, about Saskatchewan that intrigues me because but uh, I think the fact that I think their offense with the receivers they have, Kyron Moore, Shaq Evans. I mean, uh, this kid here, I love uh, this Keon Schaefer Baker. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, don't forget, don't, they got don't sleep on Brandon Lenius. Oh, yeah, that's right. There you go. The guy just got, he came back and I, 
Big, big yeah, six five. Came back from the NFL, and uh, I was listening to the talk, and the coach was saying he hasn't missed a beat because he remembers the playbook. So he's right in there. I mean, they have a talent. And you know what? Don't even worry about the receivers here, boys. If you're a fan of football and you're a fan of running backs, watch this Frankie Hickson kid. Yeah. There's been this no kid, fall off from Hickson, uh, you know, from Jamal Morrow, who was right there with Kadeem Carey, is, is one of the top tailbacks uh, early in the season. Hickson is oh, he, he is explosive, and he lowers the shoulder. Uh, yeah, and he likes guy, to run. Right? Like he puts yeah. a bang on it's averaging seven, seven plus a yard, yards a carry. I mean, he gets it done, man. I, I, the kid is exciting to watch. Like he's got a burst of speed too. So if he gets a break away, uh, that's the thing. Now going back to the other thing, you didn't answer my question. I wanted to ask you because obviously I don't have a depth chart for Winnipeg right now. But uh, it's nice you told me that Couture's not playing, and I, I think that's a good thing because I think Couture should be, uh, you know, if he's getting, Polankowski, the kid playing uh, Santa right now is doing a pretty good job. But Biggie, how's Biggie? So Adam Big Hill was limited in practice. What does that mean? Well, yeah, when it comes yeah. to the CFL's new injury reports, Chris, um, it's 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 effectively you're not on it if you practice. If you're limited, you're on it. And if you're on it at any point in the uh, in the prep week, you are officially questionable for the game. So take that with a grain of salt. Some guys are doubtful for the game. That's what uh, Michael Couture yeah. was. That's what uh, Malik Clements was, right? But no Demario Houston. I'll just kind of give a, a quick uh, injury rundown. No Demario yeah. Houston. So rookie Jamal Parker steps in. Winston Rose moves to the other side of the defense. He'll be lined up next to um, Dietrich Nichols, taking on those top matchups, probably going up against, uh, you know, Brandon Lenius and, and Keenan Schaefer-Baker a lot on Sunday. Um Still, uh, Malcolm Thompson returns at safety, but he's listed as the backup to Nick Hallett. So I wonder how healthy he actually is. Um, mm. And then uh, Big Hill was limited. So he was in gear, taped up, ready to go, but didn't really participate um, in a ton of, uh, you know, the, the sessions um, that, um, uh, you know, were doing in practice, right? So, so, uh, so keep it I, fresh. I don't think it's super concerning. But it is something to be aware of that, you know, Malik Clements is hurt. Kyrie Wilson, unlikely to play again this season. The Bombers do have a lot of depth at with Shingoche and Jesse Briggs and, and the yes. global Maruo. But losing those guys uh, is, is really tough. They do have an American linebacker that's been playing on specials quite well. Uh, number 41, I think he is, Cole. Um, forgive me, I, I, I don't have the, the first name uh, on hand. But... He is one of those guys that may step oh. up in the linebacking core as well. Expect a lot of different looks from the Blue Bombers linebacking core this week. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I think that uh, one of the things that I think the league as in general, and I know the Bombers do it, is they, they really allow a player to – and, uh, of course, uh, Biggie's in a different scenario. He knows that, he knows that defense. He's, he knows everything about it. Uh, he doesn't need to take the contact right now. So even if he's just getting some – you know, some, um, you know, massage, some ultrasound on his shoulder to try to take some of the sting away. You know, he's such a competitor. He'll be in there. Uh, so I think it's going to be fantastic to watch him. They can't lose Biggie. Biggie is like, seriously, uh, he, I think he might be. I know we talk about Jackson, Jeff Cohn, and, and Willie Jefferson, and they are great and deserve all the accolades they get. But to my mind, Biggie, uh, Adam Hill, is the heartbeat of that defense. Without question on and off the field adam big hill is is everything and more and a big thanks to uh booch 27 who's watching live on youtube brian cole number 41 you can see him there listed behind jesse briggs and tanner cadwallader another canadian uh on the blue bombers depth chart at weak side linebacker uh it'll be interesting chris with that beat up um linebacking core how Winnipeg's defensive front, of course, Willie Jefferson, Jackson Jeffco, Casey Sales, uh, Jake Thomas, Cameron Lawson, Ricky Walker, all of those guys. Cedric Wilcott steps in for the first time uh, in, in just about a month, month and a half. Yeah, yeah. Adric Hansen, of course. How will those guys, like they're dressing eight. They've dressed eight pretty much all year. Lots of rotation, obviously lots of Willie and lots of Jackson on the edges. But uh, 
they're going to have to carry the load on getting pressure on this beat up and a little bit of Swiss cheese Saskatchewan Rough Riders offensive line. That's going to be important to win that battle. Not just win that battle, Chris. Dominate yeah. that battle. Winnipeg's D front versus Sask's beat up offensive line. Uh, because that's one way Winnipeg is going to be able to counter the dangerous pass attack. You know, you can say what you want about Cody Fajardo and his knee injury. He looks a little bit better than he did before the bye week a couple weeks ago. But clearly that knee affects his ability to throw the football. But they've got a lot of weapons. Frankie Hickson, Bombers D-line, critical that they dominate on Sunday. Otherwise, I think Saskatchewan's going to be able to put up some yards and some points. So when you when you uh, showed me the uh, depth chart, uh, I know that Taryn Vaughn is in the lineup, uh, number 65. I think he's a tackle for Saskatchewan right now. I wanted to see if he's taken over for Jamal Campbell or if he's from Andrew Lauderdale. I wasn't sure which one he was going to replace. He's but not on the roster. He's not on the roster. He is not. Wow, because they just interviewed him, and they were asking him about the game. I, I guess he, you know, he went to school with uh, with Willie Jefferson, and okay. he, he's he's played against him a number of times. And he said, you know, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, so I thought he'd be in the. I'm, I made him a special mark on my nose here. With. Yeah. So Saskatchewan really, eh? line. Uh, Josiah St. John back at right tackle, Lauderdale at left tackle. What? Yes. Who's yeah. at right tackle? Josiah St. John, the former first overall draft pick. Oh, in the CFL. God. Oh, the boys are. Okay, I'm going to say that's the over under three and a half sacks. Oh, God. <laughs> I hate well, to say man, it, buddy, but he has not lived up to the hype. Good time to mention this right here, SIA.com slash bonfire. Go there, sign up, get a bonus. If you do it right now, you can put, uh, you know, a sprinkle on the game tomorrow on the CFL games on Sunday and Monday. Uh, but go to this exclusive link, SIA.com slash bonfire. And right there, you'll be able to help us uh, out here on the channel directly. Um, and you'll get yourself a nice bonus too. I think it's like minimum $20 deposit, but you can get up to $500 doubled in your account, which is a really, really nice thing uh, if you want to get things started uh, on SIA.com. Um, and yeah, you can you can bet on the sacks, you can bet on uh, pass completions, yards, lots of prop bets that pop up day of the game. Are you surprised the Bombers are only three and a half point favorites, Chris? No, no, I'm not, DB, because it's in Saskatchewan. It's going to be loud. It's a sold-out game. Uh, it's so hard to hear. I mean, usually when you get crowd noise, it usually translates into, you know, one or two uh, procedure calls by the offense. So you know, a lot. Do you go first sound? Do you go a long snap? Well, you can't go long snap most of the time because three could sound like two, and you don't know when to go. So right. the crowd is a huge. That's why they call the crowd the thirteenth man. Uh, so I mean, I think that's why it's like that. Tell us what, what the silent count is. And and when you're in a crazy loud environment like the Blue Bombers offense will be, Chris Kolinkowski making the calls at the line, snapping to Zach Kalaris. How does that work in a silent count? What is that? It's just like you walk up, you'll tap the butt, and uh, basically go. So it's like you're in your own head. You're going, it's a silent count, but it's like boom. As soon as the, as soon as the ball, you know, you, the, the line sees, you can kind of feel the guard in the center anyway. You can feel that the quarterback's right underneath, and then you're basically going. And that's why it's so tough. That's going to be tough with shotgun. Uh, right? And I know that, well, shotgun's tough. But I like I like shotgun for one thing, and that gives the quarterback more time to look downfield, especially with an aggressive defense. But having said that, you know what? I was looking at the stats, and uh, the Bombers are 4-0 against uh, Saskatchewan in the last four games. They have sacked Cody Fajardo 15 times, only allowed one touchdown. They've given up 15 sacks. Willie Jefferson had three, Jeff Coe two and a number of other players, uh, it, it's just uh, when I look at those stats, I go, wow. Because I know the Bombers are, are just dominant on defense. Uh, but there's a lot of changes, right? You don't have Brandon Alexander in there. You don't have, uh, you know, a lot of guys there. Malcolm Thompson or, you know, whoever's there. I mean, Jamal Parker's in there now. I mean, you got a bunch of changes. So that's what makes the game interesting is to see all the new guys who I, I don't even – well, a lot of these guys played in big schools. And, you know, they're playing in front of 50,000, 60,000, uh, yes. you know, fans. So I don't think it's a huge thing. But that noise that reverberates in that small uh, stadium, I mean, what, I think they got 33,000, 34,000? They got 33,500, yep. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be – you're going to have a great time. I'm going to tell you right now. You're going to enjoy that game so much. Uh, and it's going to go – those games go so fast. 
it just goes so fast, man, because you're right into it. As a player, you love it. Uh, you know, I, I, even I, I, I love going to Saskatchewan. I, I would go after the game. I'd go down to the green and green and white room and have a couple beers. I'm a kind of guy that I like to mingle with everybody, but you know that. So, but uh, yeah. Thing that you mentioned the big schools that these guys play at, you know, 50, 60,000 plus, you know, across uh, the, the southern U.S. and the eastern seaboard. But the one thing that they didn't deal with in those loud environments on offense was the waggle. So if you're Greg McRae, yeah. you know, talking yeah. to Greg McRae this week, Chris, he talked about how he picked up the waggle very quickly. Comes to training camp, okay, 29, you're a kick returner, you're a tailback. That's who you're working with. Well, suddenly he's lining up at receiver and, and working in the slot because he's really good at the waggle. Like, boom, he just figured it oh, out. Yeah. Not everybody's able to do that. How, I think that's, how do you yeah. do a waggle in the loud environment to ensure you hit the line of scrimmage at the right time? I guess everybody's going to be watching Zach Kolaris's leg. They do that kind of leg lift, yeah. right, when he kind of sends yeah. guys in motion. Well, yeah, that's 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 a receivers for sure. But the other thing that's interesting about that, too, you mentioned is uh, just the waggle for the DB is probably what – that's why I think the halfbacks in the league are – they're in the toughest position. Because you not only do I got to pick up this guy coming off the waggle – but I can't contact him past five yards. If I go to contact him and he and I miss him, well, he's gone. If I don't and I just run with him, well, then I'm taking, you know, I'm letting the play develop because you want to, the whole thing is if you've got a quarterback and the timing, you want to kind of disrupt that quarterback. But, I mean, Zach is, Zach is that. I mean, he's Zach, uh, the Zach attack, he's 5-0 and in Labor Day Classics. I, I kind of thought that was interesting. He won three with Hamilton, one with Saskatchewan, over Winnipeg. And last year with Winnipeg over Saskatchewan. So, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's got the resume there, boy. I tell you, the way he's playing and Brady, the way Brady Oliveira is running the ball now, he's like a different man. 100 miles an hour, north, south, not dancing in the hole anymore, not doing the polka. That's hesitation. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you can see the results. He's uh, leading the league in rushing. But, uh, I mean, uh, I, I, I'm happy for the young man. I really am. I think that that was one of the missing components for me. And I think that's going to give them a – uh, definitely is a big factor in the game uh, to take away some of that edge from the BC rush. Absolutely. Uh, appreciate everybody out there watching live on YouTube and Facebook, <laughs> live on Twitter. Uh, head over to youtube.com slash bonfire sports. Everybody out there, do us a favor right now. Go give us a thumbs up in the description <laughs> below. Subscribe if you haven't yet, if you want to uh, consider that. We'd appreciate it a lot. Uh, Chris will be joining us from Parts Unknown, a beautiful lake behind you. I'm on a yeah. – yeah, here in Regina. I'm jo oh, there's the dock. Nice. There's a dock, the boat, my pontoons over there, baby. Got your Canadian oh, yeah. flag enjoying the long weekend. Uh, special time in the Canadian Football League right now. And really glad, uh, you know, you're able to join us, Chris, uh, from the lake. We didn't know how the technology was going to work, but everything seems to be pretty smooth uh, overall. So, so that's yeah. a great that's a great thing. Uh, you know, I'm sure they, I'm sure glad they didn't have me on camera about a half an hour or 45 minutes ago. <laughs> because I mean, all you would have heard is a bunch of beeps. <laughs> oh, I had you on the phone. For those I, I, I had you on the phone. I was, you know, three minutes before. I was not a happy. I couldn't get anything to work, and I was just to tell you, if this phone, this phone turned, my phone blushed because of the language I heard. He, you know, he said so. He, he was just mad. My all my kids talking in the back. They didn't want to see me in the front now. So, well, you got your Kyocera flip phone. That's the problem. It's it's you know maybe time to upgrade. Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to do some of that. But you know what? It's, I also think that I get, I just like I said, we've been blessed. And it's funny you mentioned one more thing. I was gonna say, you talked about the dressing eight alignment. Well, it's gonna be a scorcher in Saskatchewan tomorrow too. Yes, I heard 30, 30 plus. So I mean, and when it's hot and it's muggy, uh, you definitely want to make sure you're giving guys rotation to keep them fresh. That's the biggest thing. Well, and then with I'll the be in the water. I'll be in the water, baby. Yeah, no, I'm I'm jealous. Uh, you know, the pill country will be. They'll be trying to buoy themselves in pill country because I think there'll be a lot flowing uh, in that end zone uh, at Mosaic. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Passing hey, that's the other going to be electric. That's, and that's the other thing. Uh, you know what? The biggest thing that happens is, and I always, they always talk about it, you must take the crowd out of the game. And the only way to do that is strike fast and strike often. Uh, you know, you don't want Saskatchewan to come out and start putting play what? That old momentum. Boy, I tell you, that can really be an ugly thing to get off your shoulder. So, uh, especially in that in Saskatchewan, because I mean, what? I think we've lost 14 of 16. It's a difficult place to play. It really is. I, I think people, 
sometimes take it for granted, you know, but uh, I know with some games. Hornets are 10-1, and and Sass can't beat anybody but teams in the East or a Nathan Rourkeless BC Lions team. That doesn't matter. Throw the records out the window. Uh, yeah, the, the famous yeah. 2013 billboard battle, right? Seven and one versus one and seven. And what happened? Yeah. The team that was one and seven beat the team with one loss on the season. You never well, know. I think, yeah, I remember. I think I was listening to Jamarcus Hardrick. I, I listened to his interview and he was talking about, he might have been with you, as a matter of fact, but he was talking about he played for uh, uh, Corey Chamberlain and uh, they were zero, they were one and nine and, and uh, and then they got reply, Bobby Dice. And all Bobby Dice said was, hey, just win the Labor Day game. Let's win it. And they won. <laughs> and they were huge underdogs. So, I mean, uh, take that point spread and, you know, put it where the sun don't shine. Because I think that uh, this is going to be a, a battle. And they're always close games. I think it's going to be a, a, just a great battle. I'm, I'm excited. I'm telling you right now. I'm going to have my cooler full. Got my TV in my garage. Got a bunch of people. We're going to get around. We'll be... I would wear my uniform or my uniform, my, my bomber colors, but I'll probably be half naked. I'll probably be half naked by that time. So I would love to see you gear up to watch the game at the lake with your friends. You know, you've already got two dozen people uh, coming out uh, t- later today, Chris. You got the dogs yeah. and everybody. That's gonna be that's gonna be a good atmosphere. Forget Regina. I think the I think the spot's gonna be uh, Castle Walby on the lake. There's a guy, and I wish he was here. He just passed away. One of my best, just a great. Harold Cook, and he lived two doors down from me at the cabin here. And he was he was born green. He from he's from Saskatchewan. Uh, just loved it, and it became a classic for him. So he has he raised horses. So he'd bring his horse. He'd ride through my yard here, and I got a two acre property out here. He'd ride through my property with, with a green flag, just you know, off as like a cape. And then his horse would leave a bunch of messages. He'd drop about. I guess he must have fed him X blacks before the game or before he came around. But the horse would leave all these nice little, oh, look at that one. Oh, that's a nice pile. Uh, and then he'd take off. So, yeah, we just had some fun. He, he would, we put flags up. I had the bomber flag on my dock. He had the Saskatchewan flag on. And then in the middle of the night, they'd try and steal the flags. It was just, it was a great thing. I mean. <laughs> really? Oh, you know, and you got to love that, man. You got to love stuff like that. It's just. Uh, rivalry, right? Yeah, and it just was fun. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, that's good, man. I, I bumped Rest into a guy. Peace, big dog. He's, wearing a, he's wearing a Chris Getzlaff jersey. Great story oh, wow. about your friend, by the way. But wearing his Chris Getzlaff jersey, and he walks up to a bunch of Bomber fans. He goes, I'm from Winnipeg, and the Riders are better than the Bombers this week. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. There's one in every room, as they say. There's oh, God, in yeah. Every room you walk into in Winnipeg. They're going to have fun. It's, you know, and that's the best thing. I mean, like you said, and I think when you came over, I think we had a couple cold ones this week in the backyard. You were talking about it. the youth, the amount of young people at the games, and we can only talk about Winnipeg right now because that's where we're there. But the youth, the amount of youth that's at the uh, at the IG field, incredible. That's just such a beautiful thing for the future. I mean, when you get the young fans involved and they get excited and they want to come out and they want to be part of it, it's, it it just pumps you know really nice stuff for the CFL. Yeah. No, no, no doubt. Just walking through the concourse IG field, like I did middle of the fourth quarter uh, in the last home game, it's a bunch of 20-somethings and 30-somethings, and they're having fun. They're decked out in bomber gear. Like the whole, it's an old trope to me that the CFL is an aging fan base. I think it's, you know, older people appreciate the tradition and are, are very um engaged in the game but when it comes to home games and frankly we know this ticket sales fuel cfl clubs and their bottom line yeah man. if you're able to get your thing full like ottawa was a couple years ago great young fan base there hamilton i know ottawa's you know doing a little bit uh tougher right now with with how they're playing edmonton has gone from very good to not very good because what has it been a thousand days since they've won a football game throwing the uh, at oh, home God. throwing the pandemic in there as well. DC seems to be rejuvenating, but here in Saskatchewan, in Winnipeg, it's tons of young people that love going to the games, soaking in the atmosphere, soaking in the energy, and having fun with their friends. Um, you know, yeah, people coming. Well here, said. Who, who's making the road trip? Right, it's a lot of young yeah. people, a lot of young, young, young guys and gals that are coming here uh, to Regina this week. If you're making the trip, this is what I want everyone to do out there uh, in on Bonfire. Uh, text the hotline if you're making the trip, even if you're listening to this 
non-live, like after the fact, or you're watching uh, or checking the podcast, text me at 816-TIPS, 204-816-8477. It's the number on your screen right there. Let me know that you were in Regina. Tell me your story. I want to know um, about you know, why you came and how often you come. If it's your first time, what you're most excited for, um, we want to hear that. And I'll, I'll share it, uh, you know, to the bonfire audience. I think that would be a, a great thing. What about if every fan at the game that comes from Winnipeg walks up to Darren Bombing and says, hey, DB, love you, man. Now buy me a cold one. <laughs> you didn't send me my per diem out here you know i'm, I'm <laughs> starving i haven't had breakfast yet like yeah i haven't had hey listen with the amount of money i'm making on this show i can't even afford a shirt with sleeves so let's not get carried away <laughs> <laughs> i'm making you a shirt i'm getting the iron out at home we're yeah. gonna put a bonfire uh, lock on the Chris. Uh, i'm excited for that uh but uh, oh, everybody yeah. out there appreciate you uh you joining us here uh, on the channel uh, Guess you want to give me your keys to the game, Chris? We've touched on a lot of those key things, Sask's offense, Winnipeg's defense, vice versa. We haven't talked too much about special teams and Mark Leggio. In a game like this, it could come down to a kick. Yeah, uh, Mark was one for one last week against Calgary. Still kicking at 80%, which is not bad. I'm really being impressed with his punting. Uh, the other guy on the other side, I mean, Brett Lothar has got, he's 88%, almost 90%. But he, one of the end thing about him is, He's three for three on kicks over 50 yards. Uh, you know, and that's the interesting thing is that Legio hasn't attempted a kick over 50. So I don't know if it would be one of those things where he didn't have to or if the coach doesn't have the confidence in giving him an opportunity and just try to punt it and keep him deep. So see what you do with that. But, uh, no, and I think if for me a key is I, I, I think for the bomber defense, just keeps the scat long. They're the worst team on second down conversions by far. So if you put them in second and, and long situations, you're usually going to come on the right side of that one. Uh, for the Bombers, I think you got to get Brady. I think Brady's going to have a big game. I think Nick's always going to have, Dembski's going to have a game. I, I, I know that in Saskatchewan. But I think Brady might have a breakout game, and he's going to have to have a great game with that old line. And the old line, really, I'm going to tell you right now, those all those guys, Kolakowski, uh, you know, all, all the boys up there, great. They're going to have to have a whale of the toughest fronts. They're going to have. Montreal had a good front four, and look at the pressure they put on us. So, we'll see how they do in there. No, no question. Uh, I think uh, for Winnipeg's offense, similar to the game against Calgary, if they choose to bracket Dalton Schoen like Calgary did, you feed Nick Dembski. They choose to bracket Nick Dembski. You go to Greg McRae. Winnipeg can be effective no matter who they're targeting on offense. Yeah, they would love to have Greg Ellingson in there. They would love to have a big body like Carlton Agadosi in, in the end zone. But I think they have enough punch to uh, move the chains and, and, and make it happen against a very, very good defensive front in particular, but very good defense under Jason Shivers uh, in Saskatchewan. Defensively for Winnipeg, I, I couldn't agree with you more, Chris. Um, it's all about getting pressure on Cody Fajardo. They're yep. talented on the outside. They're beat up on the inside and that offensive line in particular. Yeah, you got to make sure you, you keep things true with Frankie Hickson. You know, I'm, I'm curious to see how Jason Moss uses play action. Um, you know, hopefully the crowd, I'm sure for Saskatchewan's sake, you know, they're, they're hoping or expecting the crowd to be a little bit quieter during those times. High football IQ fans here. But, you know, there might be 6,000 Bomber fans that can make a pretty good amount of noise when the Riders' uh, offense is on the field. But play action, Frankie Hickson, uh, all the rest, um, I, I think that's going to be a, a key yeah. X factor in, in how Winnipeg uh, handles the Saskatchewan Rough Riders offensively. Yeah, I think they got to keep Cody in the pocket. Uh, I think that's something I should mention. I think that if you let Cody get outside, he starts stretching the defense. I think he he is starting to get confident running the ball. He says he feels good. And I like I said this in the beginning of the podcast, he is really energized because he's expecting his first child, a son, any day, I think, within the next couple of weeks. His wife is here for the first time in a long time. He is playing for family. And when the family's watching him, I, I, I think he's going to be jacked right up to the sky. So um, you got to you got to take it, take the wind out of the young man. And I, 
And I mean, you've got to keep him corral him, keep him in the middle, get some good pressure from Willie and Jackson, Jake and the boys in the middle, take them down. And, uh, and then there'll be a nice charter home where they can have a couple cold ones on a plane and you can buy some for the, all the guys out there. I might have to buy a box or two, right? Uh, Turkinator, who usually Kilsner. asks me questions on the Bonfire Hotline, texts me there, and I always get back to people if they have questions there. Uh, but Turk asking uh, for everybody, what's the word on Carlton Agadosi? Still on the six-game injured list. I have not even seen him during practice. At 6'7", or whatever he is, you can't miss the guy. He hasn't been on the field with the team, so it really makes you wonder how serious uh, his injury is. But two touchdowns, yeah. one game, makes this huge, huge explosion onto the scene in his first CFL start, and um, we haven't seen him since. So uh, no update on Carlton Agadosi, but boy, oh boy, um, you know, uh, this this atmosphere in Regina for the Labor Day Classic is going to be great, Chris. Um, yep. I think we'll leave it there. I want you to get yeah. back to the lake and the dock and the crazy dogs and uh, make sure you got uh, enough. There it is uh, right there, boys. There's that. There's there's there. There's the oh, boat. The dog. Hey, right there. Nice little bit of my little my heritage there. Little Viking thing there. <laughs> yeah, man. There we go. See, you got. Oh, oh yeah, nice. There's my there's my kid's dog, the moose. Look at, oh. look at this moose here. Oh, that's a he, beast. Uh, he's a, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a big English Mastiff. Beautiful. Anyway, with that, I'll say adios, go blue. And I'll tell you right now, I know we're all, we're all juiced and jacked to watch this game. So I hope they play well. I'm looking forward to just a great game, no matter what, but, but uh, I'm excited. It's, uh, if I, I got the juices going like I was playing back then, but uh, if you saw me walk, you'd know I can't play anymore. <laughs> well, people just want to hear from you, Chris. That's why we, uh, you know, we, uh, we bring it to them here on on Bonfire Sports post game after the game. Don't miss it. Game day after dark. The Schnitz. Zach Schnitzer will join me as he always does. Tuesday we'll get Bonfire Midweek going, and then well, Chris, we're going to do it all over again for the Banjo Bowl next week. We will do live pregame coverage. Me and you, maybe in parts more familiar uh, to the viewers out there uh, ahead of the Banjo Bowl, but the day before the game, as we always do. Thanks everybody for joining us. Final word to the man, Chris. Yes, Lennon. let's go, baby. I tell you right now, hey, uh, look at that guy. I tell you, that that you know what? That's the face of a thirsty man. So I have to go. See ya. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>